Collins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus and throughout Central Florida. In either case, these are difference makers who help uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Alicia Schock. Alicia is a 2002 graduate of Rollins College and the women's head soccer coach. Alicia, welcome and thanks for being with us today. Can't be more excited to be with you here this morning, Sam Madison. Thank I you for inviting it. me. So glad to have you. Um, you know, sort of start off, right? Go back to high school. Where were you? And what led you to Rollins College in 2000 and maybe 1998 when you came? Sure, the story begins. That's right. Hear it. It's true. <laughs> uh, rural Pennsylvania outside of Pittsburgh, uh, close to a ski resort. So um, winters were filled with snow and indoor soccer. And then spring, um, soccer went outside, and I was into the northeast region. And as any soccer pam family knows, tournaments, events are big for getting recruited. And um, my coach at the time had coached at Florida Tech and had won the national championship on the men's side. So we're talking 1996, Madison, for you, that was before your time probably. <laughs> and uh, uh, was coaching in the conference and said, there is – there's a delightful school, gorgeous, high academics in Florida, and I know you want to get out, uh, out of Pennsylvania, so you should look at Rollins. Got the view book, which was, you know, how we all were finding right. things back in the day, and uh, visited on Easter weekend with my mother and my grandfather. Uh, met Coach Keith Buckley, who is current, Dr. Keith yes. Buckley, who is now the, or has been the men's coach. And met him, uh, discussed some things with him. He spoke to my club coach. And um, when Rollins sent the acceptance letter, along with um, the usage of a computer, because that was part of my academic package, is that they would be loaning me a computer for four years, my parents said, you are going there. <laughs> so uh, it was affordable for my family at the time through the great scholarships and athletic um, money that was available and, um, you know, packed up my bags and drove to Florida. My mom and dad said, see you later. And literally, you know, four years later, they were crying along with me on graduation on Mother's Day. Love it. So talk a little bit about your Rollins experience. Uh, four years, obviously, of playing soccer, had an incredible uh, soccer uh, career, freshman year alone. Uh, 29 points, 12 goals, and five assists. Pretty, pretty good start to uh, to the season. You had an incredible career uh, and incredible uh, teams. Uh, just talk about the soccer part of your journey. You know, for the four years here. As a freshman, it was amazing because Keith was coaching both men's soccer and women's soccer. And kudos to him to be able to do that. I mean, it takes a special human to work with 18 to 22 year old men and women <laughs> and to run two practices back to back along with figuring out travel and food and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it was amazing because we did, we had a camaraderie with our men's team and there was such support between the men's program and the women's program and not by default, I married a men's soccer player <laughs> also. Um, but my career, um, 
as it started, I actually, it was a little bit of a rough start. I felt like I chose incorrectly with soccer because the program was just starting and I didn't understand what that meant as a young 18 year old. And what I mean by that is I thought I was going to be the worst player on my team and there was going to be superstars uh, above me and so forth. And when I stepped under practices, I was kind of pretty good doing what uh, <laughs> maybe came easy to me. And so I got frustrated at the beginning of like, this team isn't as good as my club team. And so I struggled a little bit um, at the beginning saying, this, this isn't what I expected. And when you spend a week longer, right, we often live in these moments and get stuck in these moments of frustration, and then we can't see beyond that. After you live through another 48 hours, uh, and this was all during preseason, I remember calling my mom saying, ah, this isn't the place. This is the soccer isn't right. And she said, give it more time. Mm. After, you know, a few days later, I was, had again fallen back in love with the place and loved my teammates. And um, obviously the soccer part was fantastic for me. I, my coaches would give me, I wouldn't call it free reign, but I had a, a bit more freedom to make decisions that came naturally to me versus maybe sometimes freshmen and even how I coach sometimes are putting freshmen into maybe a role. I, I wasn't necessarily given a role. It was like, go play, go be your best, go finish goals, go set up your teammates, serve balls in. You know, I, I kind of was a jack of all trades in my freshman year, which allowed me to, again, play free. And, and that was big for me at the beginning, which then created momentum for the rest of my career where I felt like, I can do whatever I want out here. Nobody's going to stop me except, well, some other teams in the conference surely stop me. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm very quite humble about we weren't the best team in, in the conference. We never were. We didn't win a conference championship when I played here. Um, but from a motivational standpoint, I wanted to put Rollins on the top of the conference. My teammates and I were bought into that. Our coaches did a great job of figuring out how to how to motivate maybe a an underdog we all everyone loves a great underdog story and we really really um evolved and and molded into a top level team in the conference clear through into my senior year was keith the coach all four years only my freshman year okay. yeah and then, uh, and then there was a, a coach from chico state which was california applied for the job okay. got the job Name was Leandra Dodge, and Leandra was here for two seasons. And then after that, um, Becky Craig is, uh, is who ended. I ended my career with Becky Craig, and uh, came out of Charlotte area. And um, at one point there was an interim as well. So Tony Amato, who also an alum from Rollins, he was kind of um, that interim uh, coach. So I had three different coaches in four seasons. Um, again, it's, it was wild and crazy, right? Thinking, well, my teammates could transfer out and who is getting brought in? There was always a feeling internally of, I've got to hold this. I'm going to hold my standard because this next coach might be bringing in somebody better than Alicia Miliak. And Alicia Miliak right. wasn't going to like that. <laughs> I was going to have to work hard. So I think that was actually very healthy for me. Yeah. As a competitor, part of my DNA, that 
thought that was in my own head that I placed there. Obviously, I didn't know who the next coach was, but always thinking somebody else is out there who's going to be better than you. You got to you got to yeah. work hard. You got to go out and do more and put in the hours when when practice is over or in the summertime. That that was healthy for me, and I think that spurred some momentum again in in myself to um, to train harder and be better, even though uh, we, the unknown was was left out there. Right. Well, all Sunshine State Conference second team, all Sunshine State Conference first team, first team all South Region, um, and Horizon Academic all District team. That's that's you had, you had a pretty good career. You, you you obviously worked hard. That that's exactly who I think I know you uh, to be. You probably won't admit it, and you certainly won't give yourself credit. But you think, I mean, it, it, with a new program, often you, you need that one player who's kind of better than everybody to sort of reset the bar. And you know, again, you're not going to admit it, but you, you'll, you'll acknowledge that from a coach's perspective, right? That it, sometimes it takes one player to come set a culture, set the talent bar a little bit higher. And I'd probably argue that was you. You probably would agree to that. Yeah, we, not just me, but my teammates at the time were were individuals who we say lit the torch. And so there's players like Laura Carlin, Lolly Labarge, Laura McClellan, Shay Wilbur, Marlon Mullen. These players were grinders. I mean, they were workaholics and put me into great positions onto the field to get onto the ball or to assist. I can remember serving balls into players and they were scrappy in the box and would score. So that helped my stats Um, or vice versa. Laura Carlin had an incredible service off of a corner kick and I was good in the air. So she has numerous assists because I could just finish it, be like a salmon and (laughs) swim up river and head this ball, you know, when I jump. So, um, the players I played with were were um, real teammates. I mean, we complemented each other incredibly well. And you're right, the players that are there, you need you need someone special. We you look at any winning team, you have to have somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net or score the bucket or uh, you know hit the great drop shot across the tennis court. But every, you have to have that player. They they're on every every special team and you also need someone to save save goals as well so goalkeeping was always very good here and I've taken that with me as a player I now have a I look for goal scorers I look for that player up front who can put the ball in the back of the net and then we always have had in my tenure here very good goalkeeping and and I think that's a learn from experience of like let's let's make sure we have that um, and then again, the surrounding party, those players who have to feed the ball to those, you can't forget about them. They are, right. they're the workaholics and, and we all had a work ethic. I'm not trying to play that down that I just stood there and was the recipient of good passes, but um, that, that part of the players who can work, you know, you, you need them too. And they often are the, are left out and, and don't get the credit they deserve. But, but those teams that I played with were were those blue-collar kids, blue-collar families. So shift a little bit to the classroom. What was your, you know, four-year academic experience like, right? We all talk about in Holland and about the classroom, about faculty and the, the, the journey outside of the classroom. I mean, obviously you were busy with soccer, but what, what was your academic journey like for, uh, for, for you as a student? I was very intimidated here at Rollins. I knew I fit in because of 
being accepted and, and being able to have great conversation and, and meet people who were like-minded, if you want to say it that way. But when I entered the classroom as a freshman, I was intimidated by uh, my peers. I felt like they were on a different level academically. Mo you know, most of them were speaking Spanish 201 when I was in 101. Um, could write much better. The workload at Rollins in terms of papers was very new to me. And I felt like I was pumping out these papers that needed edited by the resource center every day. <laughs> and so um, I went to work. I mean, I think when you're an athlete, you know that you have to practice and, and get the right reps in to be a great athlete. And I felt like I needed to do that at Rollins as well. And so I visited the library every day. I spent hours in there. You can ask my friends that they'd say, where's Alicia? She's either at the field or in the, in the library. Um, but I took my, my classes very seriously and, and had to work at it. It didn't, it wasn't a natural transition from high school into college for me. I never, I'm not saying I was on academic warning or struggled in any class. I, I graduated cum laude here at Rollins. Um, but I, I put the time in. I was reading every word of every reading that was ever asked to do because I, I was a thorough student. Um, the material was very new to me. I was an environmental studies student. And coming from rural Pennsylvania, I loved to be in the woods and travel and talk about salamanders and so all <laughs> sorts of ecological um, habitats and so forth. And learning about um, the environment and the crisis was like totally mind-blowing. We weren't speaking of that on the farmlands of Western PA. Right. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, I, I was vegetarian for a semester when when I discovered, you know, the ecological imbalance that we have. And I was learning this for the first time. And so I couldn't speak to that in a classroom, but my classmates were. And I was blown away by my classmates. Like, wow. And uh, then, lo and behold, you become one of those students sitting there as a second semester, sophomore, or junior, or senior, and, and so then you live and learn, and at Rollins, you have the ability to study abroad or um, take those trips that are associated with the class, and I try to take advantage of those, and some of those trips were to Costa Rica in the rainforest with Barry Allen and Lee Lines and, and these legendary professors that are still here today, yeah. Yeah. and you think, wow, they really taught me a lot. I really learned, and being hands-on was was unbelievable for being an environmental studies major. I also had a business minor, so uh, that was after thinking I was going to be a computer science minor and a French minor and make your own degree. <laughs> uh, but that's what college is about, wow, is to explore and yeah. try to figure out those things. I, I was very into all of those things, but it, it never landed somewhere where I could see myself finishing with, Okay, I loved every class I took in computer science. There was too many hours staring in front of a computer screen. Right. Uh, and so anyways, the, those things I got to dabble in, which I loved, um, but academically very pleased with where with the degree I, I had. And some would say, well, you didn't, you know, people when I when recruit, they say, well, what degree, you know, are you using your degree? And it's like, yes, every day I use my degree. I may not have a title 
that's in the realm of environmental studies. I am a college soccer coach. However, you make decisions based on the things you know. And I certainly learned a great deal uh, about uh, my academic, um, uh, the, the things that I learned at Rollins. I, I use that every single day, along with all the other core classes I had right. to take, including dance for actors was another academic class I had to take to get my my uh, requirements. requirements. So <laughs> dance for actors was fantastic to put on the tutu and, and uh, leggings and keep my balance up. So, right. yeah. They ask great. this question to Rollins alums all the time, which is, do you think you'll break it down by percentage? Where, where did you learn more in or out of the classroom? For me, it was in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was pretty street smart. We was like <laughs> coming in. I was surprised that a lot of my friends hadn't taken out the trash yet, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely the classroom, just yeah. just the professors and and the information and kind of the overload of like, wow, I'm learning this in my biology class, but this is also part of my philosophy class. And I'm also getting some of this in my quantitative reasoning mathematics class. It's part of the problem solving that it all overlapped. And I felt like that puzzle was getting put together semester after semester, semester like, oh, we all are interlinked. And you have to know this throughout any specialty that, that you have. So. So we're after commencement, did you know right away you went and played professional soccer? Um, talk a little bit about that. And did, was that your path? Was that your mission? Or, or did that just become an opportunity that you sort of had to pursue? That was the dream. Yeah. I'm going to be a professional soccer player once I depart Rollins. I went through commencement on Mother's Day and the next day had a box and a bag and flew to Seattle, Washington. And I had a family pick me up because I was going to live with a host family. That all trans came about in my spring semester, making phone calls, emailing, going through combines, professional combines of which team will pick you up. Very similar to how it is now. Right. But this was kind of the start of it for women's soccer in this country. It was, I mean, we're... We're saying, when I talk about like lighting the torch, I was still lighting the torch and passing that along to uh, you know, people after me. But that was the start of it in, in the country. The WUSA was going on, which was the first women's professional league, and tried out for the league and uh, didn't, didn't make the league, didn't get picked up. But there was a second league called the W League and, and um, thought I was going to Boston to play for the Boston Breakers. And kind of as it goes, the path changes a direction and went and played for the Seattle Sounders. And so was on the women's team of the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Didn't know anyone, had never been to Seattle, never spent time in the Pacific Northwest. Although my mother and father had lived in Seattle, uh, maybe I heard, ah, it's a cool place, go there <laughs> when you're done. But, um, you know, went to practice, landed that day, had, again, had this family pick me up. They took me to practice and said, okay, find your way back. And practice wasn't close to where I lived. I lived in, this, in Mount Baker neighborhood, if anyone's familiar with Seattle. And um, the practice was, was across the water in Marymore. And just like at Rollins, good people, you know, soccer community is incredible. And a teammate said, 
hey, I have to go to, you know, South Seattle too. I'll take you home. And to this day, her and I, her name's Mandy. She, her and I are great friends. I just saw her recruiting a couple weekends ago because she's a soccer coach as well. And from that moment on, Seattle was like a second home. Loved it. The experience was unreal. The traveling was great because we were now, I was going into places I'd never been. Vancouver, Calgary, um, New Mexico, where your where your mother and father are living. Been to Albuquerque, played in Albuquerque, through Arizona, obviously California, playing against high level players, people who were not coming from Rollins College Division II schools. Right. These were players who were coming from UW, University of Washington, or um, Gonzaga, and and the like. Right, extend that through kind of the um, the West, the Western states, and so that was. I grew again <laughs> from a soccer playing standpoint. It was like, oh, wow, you're all good. <laughs> wow, you're all very, very good. And a lot of those players had gone on and played, played, continued their careers for a long time. Um, after that, I played professionally overseas. I lived in Iceland, which was, again, another experience that only one who's been to Iceland could fully understand to be with the barbarians of uh, the Vikings. They are still there. Their DNA is running true and strong, as we all know. It's one of the purest um, DNAs in the in the globe. And their language, overcoming a language barrier, that was very fun. Um, but continued to play and then came back and ended my career um, with a very great team called FC Indiana, Indiana, which was made up of global players coming off of national teams. Uh, there was 21 girls on the team. 12 of them had played for their full national teams, including including the U.S., Canada, Spain, Mexico. Uh, it it was you want to talk about a team. Yeah. I mean, I, I rode the pine some days, which was it was fine with me because they were they were getting it done in, in ways that I, I couldn't. Um, but yeah, that that was incredible. Incredible. What a great journey. What a great ex life experiences. Um, and then in 2010. You get an opportunity to come back to Rollins, right, as an interim coach? Yeah, well, I was the assistant in 2005, okay. came back. Okay. Tony Amato was the head coach. My my heart was always pulling back to Florida in between seasons and, and breaks and training times. I could always come back to Florida. So in 2005, I volunteered and, and was the assistant and um, stayed on as the assistant through 2010. Uh, Tony Amato left to go to Stephen F. Austin. And in that time period, Patrick Baker, who was formerly the Georgia coach, who was very, very close with Penny Parker from being at Georgia, uh, he became the head coach in 2010. And when he left after a short spell, uh, I interviewed for the job, went through that entire process. And then, um, you know, as the interim after he left, then got the job right then. So 2011 was my first season. But from 2005 till 2011, I was playing a, a role that wasn't for the money. Let me say that. There wasn't any money most of the time right. uh, because it just wasn't part of the athletic program um, department was to have full-time assistants. So having temps or volunteers is where, where life existed for, for many sports on our campus. Um, but I was a consistent assistant, and I, I can tell you I washed many – many, many uniforms and got stains out. And when there would be a rip in the seams, I was at home sewing with my sewing kit to make sure that that uniform was, was 
ready to go the next day and right. hanging laundry out on the porch for yeah. anyone whose shirt couldn't, you know, get, sometimes we couldn't um, put them in the dryers, they would shrink. So if you went past 1407 St. Andrews Boulevard, you might see a lot of Rollins jerseys right. hanging, hanging out. outside on those uh, nice spring days or, or the fall days. And, but that teaches you what what needs to get done. I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah. Some sure. people don't. Some people skip that step, and and I, you know, feel a little little bad for them that you you gotta you gotta be able to match socks because someone doesn't like wearing the, someone else's sock, and right. there's 60 white socks to put together, and you're matching numbers on socks. You know, those those are the funny moments but it's where you grow and where you figure out you know the head coach has some heavy things to deal with if I can take some stuff off that person's plate yeah. let me do it and you know that that would go to even making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on a Saturday that we're playing at Stetson so that the players have a snack in between um, games if we play multiple games on one day in the spring and so th those are the fun days you yeah. know, look back and go Man, I wish I was making PB and J's instead of making some of the decisions I have to make these <laughs> right. <days>. sometimes. <laughs> so it's 13 seasons. Um, been to the NCAA tournament. I think nine of those um, 13. Pretty pretty good ratio. A run to the NCAA national championship final in 2014. Won Sunshine State Conference titles. Uh, you, um, your team and your coaches. I know you'll say were selected as the NSCAA South Region Coach of the Year, Sunshine State Conference Coach of the Year, and the prestigious NSCAA National Coach of the Year. Pretty uh, pretty impressive. And uh, apparently it just takes a little laundry and some sewing and some PB&J skills to get those awards. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I know um, how hard you work and how hard the job is. Um, Maybe just give us a little update on on your current team, right? You, you had a season a couple of months ago, and uh, it was pretty good. And um, now we're getting into spring season, leading into next year being your 14th season. Yes, this last season, we went to the NCAs again. We had missed it in, uh, in 21 and 22, post-COVID. Didn't play in 20 due to COVID regulations for the NCAA and had um, made the NCAs in 19. So that that's always a, a goal. It's kind of just what's in all of our heads. That's how I recruit players to be thinking about the NCAAs. That's the level we want to be at. We want to keep Rollins women's soccer on the national radar, just like men's soccer is. They're always, I think we're a one-two punch. If you're uh, a soccer fan, you know that Rollins soccer at Rollins is an elite program in Division Two. So that's always been kind of the manifesto is to let's get there and let's, let's uh, create uh, things in a program that that are in alignment with what it takes to get to that level. And last season was incredible. I mean, we we were taking teams who were, you know, number three in the country to the end of the game and being up 3-1 against a team and losing in the last two minutes. You know, these are those heartbreakers that you can't believe it and you think, gosh, where would, you know, where where would we have ended a season had we won one of those games? It happened two or three times, to be honest. So that's a spring topic is banishing uh, and losing games in the end, you know, those heartbreakers. Uh, but but it's part of the journey of this, this team. We have an experienced group, a rising senior group, 
who who have minutes under their belt, who've lived through um, these these seasons that you feel like, oh, we are right there. And if Lady Luck is in our corner, maybe an extra minute and a half, we <laughs> or if the game ended a minute early. Uh, but we're we're in a really good place. The the program has evolved into into what we want it to be. We're our staff is incredible. I have um, a person named Katie Nimitz, who's a goalkeeping coach, who not only not only does wonders with our goalkeeping, but with me. She's coming from some elite Division One programs, and and she's a she's she's helping me really navigate getting to the next next level that aren't just my ideas, but really opening my mind to some some other ways of doing things. So I couldn't be happier that, that Katie's on our staff. And then we're hiring right now for an assistant coach. Went through the season without an assistant. It was hard work, and, and I'm used to that. But any, any college coach is used to hard work. But that was different. I really had to eliminate things that, that really don't matter that I thought mattered. And, and what I mean by that is, when you're a party of 1.5, because Katie has a full-time job, she's not sitting in the office with me. Um, but she, like I said, she her contribution was massive to the season. But when you're the only one, and you have to manage a team of 30, how do we do that? How do we get the travel organized? There's just a lot to do. So I looked at what are the most important things and do those first. And then if we get to some of the other stuff, we will. And so an example would be obviously the games and prepping for games. It was like, cool, we've got a game Wednesday. Let's get ready for that. Done with it. What do we need to do? What do I need to do now to prep for the next game? And thrown in there would be staff and faculty appreciation uh, uh, shootout at halftime of the Saturday game. And it was like, how did that get thrown in there? And it was like, well, we... The players helped. They organized it. They created the post. And so that, those things that I really like to showcase ourselves to the campus, to invite the community, we had less of that going on this year, but still nailed it would be the, the yeah. way I would say it. Um, but we, we do a little bit more of that in a traditional season than this season. Um, but the soccer was right, and that was very, very important to me that – being on my own, it was a little bit of my own challenge was like, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. You know, like I did it. And and that was that was that empowered my me to be like, OK, brought in the shoulders up. You you are a you can do it. Like, don't get tired. You're fine. You know, you you, you almost forget what you're capable of when you have a support staff. And so, so that was really healthy for me. And, and I think it's going to be very healthy for the next assistant who gets the job. I think I was giving my assistant a lot of things to do <laughs> formerly. And now I, again, just want to narrow their scope so that they can be very good at a few things versus, Hey, I need you to do all of this and be on the Richter scale, maybe a six or seven. Now it's like, Hey, be a nine or 10 at these things and all those other things, it can't wait. We can get to them when we have time. It's a hard job. It's a lot of stuff. One of the things that I don't think we could do a coaching, you know, discussion uh, without talking about, obviously NIL, probably not the biggest thing at Rollins. It's a thing, and some people get a few this's or that's, right? I don't know. Um, but really the transfer portal. 
the transfer portal is so complex and complicated, uh, fair in so many ways to, to some and unfair in so many ways to others. Um, talk about your experience and our experience with Rollins women's soccer and the transfer portal. The transfer portal has been very healthy for us, both as a recipient of transfers and also as um, a giver that we've had some of our athletes go on to the transfer portal and get chosen or picked up. One of the critiques of the transfer portal is that there are so many athletes on there that if you were a coach looking for an athlete, they get buried beyond the pages and pages and pages and pages. It's kind of like maybe going on an Airbnb and you see the first three pages and you're like, wow, there's 750 more pages of rentals in the area I want to go to. And so you think about the transfer portal, it's a name, it's an institution, and then you have to do the legwork of finding who who is this player, how much do they play, what position do they play, how do they play, what does their coach think of them, uh, what's the connection, why are they on the portal? There's so many things to look at. The, the, the hard part for me about the portal is that it's not a thorough process. When I recruit traditional incoming freshmen, we, we watch them play in person many times. Three is my magic number. I want to see them play in person with my eyes and their body running in front of me, not just on video three times in, in usually different events, not just on the same weekend. Right. And um, in this process, it's so fast. These players get on the portal. You make a phone call. They like you. You have to potentially offer them scholarship. If you don't, they are gone. They ghost you. They, they ghost you. They are gone. I don't know where they go. Um, we can hit a button that allows us to put them on a, it's called a transfer watch list, a TWL. So, you know, I might click on a person from the university or Boston University and get a few text messages going and then they ghost you. And then three weeks later, you get an alert that your person on your transfer watch list is gone. And you're like, what just what happened? happened? I was thinking they were on the flight coming to visit us. They, it's often that they don't visit campus. They're doing all their research on their own. Again, great, but also I don't think that tells the whole story. So the transfer portal can, can help you. We have some players from Division I institutions who have transferred into us uh, that we knew prior in a club environment, prior to them committing to a school. We watched them play multiple times. So what's fun is these athletes go away to a different school, and then we get to pick them up maybe as a junior or a sophomore or maybe even a second semester freshman or a graduate student. And we love that because in a way we're getting the better version of them, right? As a freshman, you're learning so much and the transition is hard and the workouts and the soccer. So we can find athletes who have already worked out, who've already woken up at 6 a.m. and had a, had a sweaty workout and went to class sweaty and then had to eat lunch and do it all over again for a practice at 12. We're finding that that part of the experience, whether they've gotten a ton of minutes or not, because oftentimes they're transferring due to lack of playing time or a coaching change or something. Um, we're finding that that part into a Division II school like Rollins is great. We're, they're helping elevate the program in a way. We also find that some athletes from these oftentimes Division I schools haven't been in a program like ours where they're like, well, we didn't have to run a fitness list. What? What do you mean right. you didn't? You're Division One school. What do you mean? Oh, we didn't have this, that, or the other. And so 
again, the, the transfer portal has opened my eyes to saying, well, we're, we're pretty darn good here at Rollins, not only from our athletic standpoint and our program, but while we, we have a lot of resources for our athletes and the stories I hear through transfers, I'm like, wow, did you not know that before you committed to these schools? <laughs> and right. they're like, well, uh, I think a lot of people are, um, they look at scholarship dollars and if you get an offer, they go and it's like, but you said you were a marine bio and you're in the middle of Iowa. Did you know there's no ocean touching <laughs> Iowa? You know, like you have to explain. I don't know. It's it's just kind of an eye-opening experience yeah. when you but you also go, Great, great that there's a portal here that, that that athlete does not need to stay where they're not doing well, thriving. Families, obviously it's 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 hard on families. We're not just talking it affects our the student. It's moms and dads and aunts and uncles and they're all getting phone calls from the mom going, oh, she's not happy. We got to, you know, was right. she going to fight? So I think it's it's a big deal that the portal exists. I think it's the right thing. Um, but yeah. but it, it can be it can be a tricky place. It can be a tricky well, place for, uh, for many. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to, to watch the team next year. Yeah, I, I did uh, have the privilege of watching a handful of games this year and even uh, riding on the bus to a, to a road game where, unfortunately, we didn't win. So I'm guessing that's my last uh, road bus ride with Always you. Always invited. Always. <laughs> you did take a penalty kick uh, before a home game. I did. And buried that. I buried, buried it. it. I did. If only my son were there to see it. That would have really made it. Oh, awesome. he should have video. Sally, there's no video. Yeah. Yes, thank you for uh, for, for acknowledging that. Um, so eager to watch next year. Of course, everybody can keep an eye on RollinSports.com and and find our women's soccer program and our players and more about uh, Coach Chuck her record in the, in the schedule for next season and, and maybe even spring season. Follow them on, on social media. Uh, we always close with a couple questions for Rollins colleagues. Um, the first is really specific, I guess, to, to your soccer program. What's your snap your fingers and make it happen wish for Rollins women's soccer? I could snap my fingers. Mm, that is so... Interesting because I feel like we're in such a great place right now that that snapping my fingers um, would be uh, more support at the games where we have a student section and that part of the game and the experience not only for our players but for those fans happens day after day, night after night. Um, where it's loud and in charge. There's been a lot of college programs who, or where uh, it starts with not many and then it grows into this fanfare of excitement and it's an event. And I, I don't just wish that for my program, but I wish that for all the athletic programs here is that the fans, especially the students, because they are hilarious. They are the funniest fans. They say the best things. If they feel like no one's listening and you're like, whoa, did they just say that? <laughs> but it's it's appropriate the way it's just clever and unique and cute. And, and I really would would love to have the student body fan base at our at our games. And finally, what would a one day presidency of uh, President Shuck look like here at Rollins College? Well, first, everybody would have to dress like Sam Stark on that day oh, for everybody's, awesome. <laughs> and would probably be a Peloton session. That there we go. We're all in for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, similar to, to the experience I just mentioned about snapping my fingers is um, to, to really elevate athletics here at Rollins and 
you know, no no class like Fox Day, but no class on game day where we're just prepping for that that game at baseball or the swim meet and you know, that's that's what's on and, and we'd do that also for if there was a uh, an event for theater or uh, there's research going on in biology and we're rooting on those bio students to get that DNA extracted correctly out of that <laughs> starfish you know <laughs> um, I think that that part of just having each other rally around one another no matter what uh, what they're studying I, I would really love more of that on this campus where we're just hugging and high-fiving and and knowing one another to, to a degree of like, like it is on Fox Day where it's a picnic on the lawn and there's more of that where we really get to meet and greet and go, wow, that's your elite skill. I never knew you were so amazing at running podcasts, Madison. Like that's so cool that, that now we know that about right. these individuals. So more days that. like that. I love that. Uh, I can't thank you enough for being on the program, I, I did save this highlight of your career for, for the for the last, which is Alicia it was the first Rollins women's soccer player inducted into the Sunshine State Conference Hall of Fame in 2008. That's Aww. that's pretty amazing. It's pretty historic. So more uh, more of those players to come, Sam. I have no doubt. Listen, I, uh, I am all about um, watching you uh, continue to thrive and succeed on and off the field. Like the the, the, the student athletes you have. People too. It feels like, and um, that's uh, that's probably as important as anything. I don't, you know, I know it is to you, but I know you want W's. Um, but um, well, thanks for noticing uh, us, all of us, and and uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep representing Rollins in the best form and fashion that we ever could. Not only um, holding up our high academic standards, but we want to do that on the playing fields, and and the the athletes coming through here are, are special, and, and so are the students. But we're we're trying our best to make them change makers and, and people who that when they enter the real world that, that you want to be around those people. You're the best. Thank you for being with us. Uh, you're never allowed to leave. And um, uh, good luck this spring and, uh, and, and forevermore here at Rollins or wherever your life takes you. And of course, we do need an official shout out to uh, Dan Schuck, oh. uh, an alum and a friend and a, a colleague. He and I worked together when I was at the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce. He was with the city of Winter Park. And now he's a big shot uh, vice president of Spe Spectrum Sports Performance. Uh, thanks, Dan, for all you do for uh, for, for Coach and for, uh, for Rollins. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks to Madison, our awesome Rollins student, who's our marketing coordinator and board operator for the program. Keep updated on all of our shows and guests. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Coach Shuck, and have a great day.